This is Tom Shrewsbury with Reflections for the Covenant Network. Among the many gifts we receive from above, I believe God in His infinite wisdom has seen fit to send us a multitude of saints and holy people as examples of how we should live our lives and how He should be a part of our everyday experiences and not just on Sundays alone. Trouble is, most of us are so busy with our everyday lives, and, and we're moving at such a fast pace that sometimes it seems we just don't have the time. Or maybe we just don't take the time to reflect on the lessons these special people have given us. And yet, their very lives contain important lessons for us. Some were martyrs, some have become doctors of the church, missionaries, well, the list goes on and on. But today I want to tell you the story of someone else whose great love for God has to be included among the great teachers of the faith, and I'll bet 99 out of 100 have never heard of her, and yet she can teach us all a thing or two by how she lived her life the life of little Nellie of Holy God. Our story starts shortly before the turn of the 20th century in Ireland. William Organ met a young Irish lass named Mary Ahern, a young woman with a light-hearted and bubbling disposition while at the same time being very strong in her Catholic faith, which impressed young William. They married, but times were tough in Ireland of that day. Jobs were few, and about the only viable options available to the young couple would be to emigrate to the United States, as so many others were doing, or joining the military and becoming a soldier in the Irish army. Well, William chose the latter because they loved Ireland and wanted to remain there, and it wasn't long before they were blessed with four children, the fourth of whom was named Ellen, who first saw the light of day on the 24th of August in 1903. While her given name was Ellen, as a baby for some reason, she was given the nickname of Nellie, and that name stuck. Now, Nellie was a bright child and loved being taken to church. At night, there was a family ritual in the military quarters provided by the Army for married personnel. The family would gather together to pray the rosary, and Nellie was taught by her mother how to pray the rosary and kiss the beads when she was just two years old. In 1905, William was transferred to a fort near Cork, and of course the family would relocate with him, but unfortunately Mary developed tuberculosis, and her health began to fail. She spent almost all of her waking moments in prayer with her rosary in hand, finally dying in early 1907. Now, it was also about this time that it became obvious that Nellie's health was also rather fragile, which presented a severe problem to William with four young children, including Nellie, who now required more intensive care. And because of the increased demands on William as a member of the military, 
Well, all the children were sent to various homes for care. Nellie was sent to live with the Sisters of the Good Shepherd in Cork, and she would be accompanied there by her sister Mary. Among her many ailments was that of a curved spine, which may have been the result of a fall at a much earlier age. The result, though, was severe pain if she was to sit upright for any length of time, and she would require more individual care on a continuing basis. At this point, the sisters and others were not aware of her condition. At times, Nellie would seem to be cranky with the other children, which surprised the sisters, and this may have been what prompted a more thorough examination, which disclosed her physical condition as well as the extreme pain she was experiencing from what was diagnosed as a curved back bone and a crooked spine that threw her limbs completely out of balance, and so she was moved to the school infirmary where one day she was given a box of beads. Now, as children would do, she put some of the beads in her mouth and accidentally swallowed several and had to undergo a painful extraction of the beads from her throat, and she did this without complaint. But it was this examination that showed that little Nellie also had tuberculosis, the same disease that had taken her mother. After a thorough examination, the doctor announced that it was only a matter of time before the disease would also take little Nellie, and that her life expectancy could only be counted in months. Well, Because of her happy disposition, Nellie became a favorite in the infirmary and in the convent. She would forever talk with a kind of lisp that would further endear her to the sisters as well as the staff. Many of the nurses in the infirmary would spend spare time with her at night, and she would tell them in her lisp, Holy Dad took my mother, but he also given me you to be my mother. Still in the hospital, little Nellie saw a statue of the infant of Prague and was fascinated by it. Her nurse explained its meaning with the childhood of Christ, and and from that time little Nellie would speak directly to Jesus through the statue, and at the suggestion of the nuns explaining what a novena was, she would offer a novena for her recovery, and to the surprise of the entire staff, she would improve to where she could take short walks in the garden. Well, not long after, she asked her sister Mary to bring her a statue of the infant of Prague, which she lovingly carried, kissing it often and and talking to it with her charming little lisp. Once she even said, Him dance for me, played music, him dance for me. Well, she was joyful and then called out again with a disappointed tone, Oh, him stopped now. Later, she seemed weaker and the nurse carried her back to the infirmary and she kept saying, Him danced for me and I danced for him. Well, the sisters had seen her moving around excitedly as though she was dancing and she also told the same story to the Reverend Mother. Well, 
there seemed to be a strange relationship developing between Nellie and God, quite unlike the way children normally play. The nuns were sensing this, and in fact, the Reverend Mother offered a prayer in which she said, Lord, if you really did dance for Nellie, please send us a bakehouse. Well, the nuns needed a place where they could bake their own bread and save a lot of money in the process, and so Sister thought this would be a great idea. But a few days later, she had her answer. They received a large check from a woman with a notation for a bakehouse. God does work in strange ways if we have faith and give him a chance. On several occasions, the nurse would take Nellie to the chapel and carry her as they made the stations of the cross, and Nellie was filled with questions. Bear in mind, she was just over four years old. The nurse explained the passion and why Jesus died, and Nellie would reply over and over again, Poor holy God, poor holy God. Whenever she would speak of God, she would always refer to him as holy God. Nellie's nurse was a recent convert, and Nellie would ask such deep questions that the nurse found it necessary to seek the answers from the nuns. And when she explained them to Nellie, it was obvious that Nellie understood completely. Again, remember, she was only four years old. Well, it's been written of Nellie that she seemed to live in the presence of God in the highest and truest sense. She hated artificial flowers and would ask for a holy God's own flowers, natural flowers, to be placed before him. As I mentioned, she seemed to understand beyond her years what was explained to her. And on one occasion, Nellie was taken to the chapel by Mary, her sister, who had slept late that morning and had not attended Mass. And Nellie chided her, saying, You did not get holy God today. And when asked how she knew, she would only respond, No matter, I know you didn't get holy God. One day, the nurse was carrying Nellie into church during the exposition of the Blessed Sacrament. Nellie had never seen the Blessed Sacrament before, and as the nurse carried her in, there was the host, encased in the monstrance, and Nellie immediately said, There he is. There is holy God now. She pointed her hand at the host and never took her eyes away from it. The nurse said Nellie had an expression of ecstasy that actually seemed to transfigure her face. A similar experience was told by the mother superior on seeing Nellie come from the chapel and inquired how she was feeling that day, and little Nellie burst into tears of absolute joy, which the mother superior would later report that she felt at that moment that God was making known to her interiorly that he had special designs on this exceptional child and that it was her responsibility as superior to cooperate with him in accomplishing them. 
The superior noticed that four-year-old Nellie somehow knew when Jesus was present in the Blessed Sacrament in the convent. She worried as to how she would conform to the will of God in making certain that Nellie's religious education was what God desired it to be. After all, little Nellie was still very young, but Nellie's grasp of the fundamentals was found to be accurate despite her young years. In fact, it might even be said that her understanding and beliefs were consistent with someone much, much older. All of this became an even more burdensome responsibility for the Reverend Mother to fulfill, to fulfill the wishes of Almighty God, particularly since it was becoming more evident that Nellie's life expectancy was very short due to her tuberculosis. The superior had received a communication from the bishop concerning an older man's health, and in replying, she had just barely mentioned little Nellie, almost in passing. Well, the bishop apparently gave Nellie little thought until he was saying Mass when he felt what he described as a divine inspiration to visit the infirmary and confirm Nellie that very day. Well, as you could imagine, the convent was in immediate turmoil, and the superior hurried to prepare Nellie by teaching her as much as possible before the bishop arrived. But as the mother superior would bring up a new topic, little Nellie would astound her that she already understood what the superior was trying to teach her. In a flurry of activity, the nuns dressed Nellie in white with a veil, gloves, and all the trappings, and she received the sacrament of confirmation, thoroughly prepared, though not yet five years old. The bishop was amazed as little Nelsie proclaimed, I am now a soldier of holy God. Well, it wasn't long before her condition worsened and she became even more weak and her appetite disappeared. Upon further examination, it was discovered that Nellie had a diseased jaw with a misplaced tooth cutting through that affected area. Of course, it had to be removed and, as to be expected, Little Nellie shed no tears as the operation was performed without anesthetics. Her jawbone began to jawbone began to to disintegrate from the disease and emitted a terrible odor. And while the treatment was painful beyond belief, little Nellie shed not a tear as the daily cleansing took place lying very still, holding her crucifix in her tiny hands. One of the nuns and the nurse stopped by to visit little Nellie, when the nurse, without thinking, commented that she had expected Nellie to be with God by now, to which Nellie replied with all innocence, Oh, no, holy God says I am not good enough to go yet. Stunned, the nurse asked her what she knew about God. In her childish language, Nellie said, Him did come and stand there, pointing to the side of her bed, while adding, And he did say that. Well, 
the sister asked her again specifically, and where was he? Nellie again pointed to the side of her bed. And just what did he look like? The sister continued. Well, Nellie put her hands together on her bare breast and said, like that. Both the sister and the nurse decided they would not mention this to anyone, waiting to see if Nellie would bring it up again. And she repeated this several times. The spirituality of little Nellie appeared to be growing by by leaps and bounds, and she seemed to have a strong focus on the passion of Christ, and she understood the sacrifice he was making for all of humanity. His sufferings seemed almost unbearable to Nellie, who would repeatedly say, Poor holy God, oh poor holy God. And if someone would by chance offer her sympathy for what she suffered, she would say, What is it compared with what Jesus suffered for me on the cross? Again, again, this from someone not yet five years old. Well, little Nellie spent an enormous amount of time in bed praying for a, a wide variety of topics, from the needs of the other children, the church, the sisters, for sinners, for the Pope, and of course, her favorite prayer was the rosary, which she prayed slowly and with great feeling as she would kiss each of the large beads. On one evening, one of the sisters stopped in and suggested they visit. Nellie asked that instead they pray the rosary together. Midway through the rosary, Nellie quietly asked the nun to kneel while they finished the rosary. Well, because of her weakened condition, Nellie had to be carried to the chapel and would audibly lament that she could not receive communion, since during that period of time it was customary that children received their first Holy Communion around the age of twelve. She would ask the sisters to come and kiss her after they had received Holy God in Communion. It was her wish that the lips that had received the sacred host would then touch her. But that was only second best. But her joy was evident, and she wished to be alone after coming so close to Holy God. The nuns discussed this with one of the priests, who mentioned that St. Alphonsus once gave Holy Communion to a very young child, and that if the bishop agreed he would give the sacrament of communion to little Nellie. Of course, he would speak with little Nellie first, and in answer to a question of what communion was, she said that it was Jesus who would come to her tongue and then go down to her heart. Well, the good priest gave a complete account to the bishop and shortly received a communication with his approval. When told of what was to happen, Nellie repeated over and over, I will have holy God in my heart. Nellie received the sacrament of confession first, and the bishop was quoted as saying, She saw sin as the saints saw sin. Well, the big gay day came, and little Nellie was outfitted by the sisters in all the finery that was available, and 
through the sacred host of the First Communion, God had entered little Nellie's heart. Years later, a priest who was present when she first received God would write, and I quote, The happy moment will long be remembered by those having the privilege to be present. And then something strange happened. The terrible odor from the infected jaw disappeared, never to return. Nellie would go on to receive Holy Communion a total of 32 times. She would prepare to receive the sacred host and would not speak until she had Jesus in her heart. Her whole attitude and demeanor prior to communion was becoming a lesson to all, and it even motivated one of the nuns to see this for herself, and she would later write, and I quote again, when the priest entered, Nellie immediately fixed her eyes with a look of love on the pics which the priest had carried, and did not move them until she had received the sacrament. It was as though a supernatural transformation seemed to be reflected on her face. End of the quote. One night, one of the sisters was checking on Nellie, who looked up at her and said, I'm so happy. I've been talking to God. Sister would later be quoted as saying, Her eyes have seen God. Her smile could not be described because it was of heaven. And all around her bed, there was a distinct aroma of incense. And this same statement was made over and over again by other witnesses. Well, the joy of Christmas came and went, and Nellie's time on this planet was coming to an end. She was barely able to eat anything other than the sacred host. One of the sisters looking at her began to cry, and little Nellie just said, You should be glad that I am going to Holy God. Sometimes later, she was given a holy card, and Nellie beamed with excitement, saying, That's the way I saw Holy God. Nellie was asked to pray for a priest who was very ill, and she replied, God is very fond of Father so-and-so. He will get well. And he did. She was now even weaker and announced that she would go to Holy God on Sunday, his day. One of the nuns visited her and asked her to ask God to take her, the sister, to him. But she replied, Holy God can't take you until you do all that he wants you to do. It appeared that the end was near. It was February 2nd, and different sisters were keeping vigil around Nellie's bed. About three o'clock in the afternoon, Nellie's eyes became fixed on something unseen at the foot of her bed, and she gazed at it longingly. Her lips were moving as if she was speaking to someone. As her eyes filled with tears of happiness, she left for her home with Holy God. It was a Sunday, as she had predicted, the feast of the purification of Mary and the presentation of the child Jesus in the temple. That was the 2nd of February, 1908. Nellie was just four years, five months, and eight days old.
and the story of her life became like a magnet, drawing people closer to God. Many special favors were being reported through her intercession, and her fame spread to Rome, where Pope Pius X even requested a relic of this holy child. Now, you will recall my mentioning that customary age for First Communion had been around the age of 12, but because of this special child of God, Pope Pius X lowered the age to where children now receive the gift of First Communion much, much earlier. Now known as Little Nellie of Holy God, she is an inspiration and a beautiful example of a little child shall lead them. I believe little Nellie of God, little Nellie of Holy God, was sent to be an example for us as to how we should serve God and lead our lives. And when we have special needs or wants or favors, maybe we should remember little Nellie of Holy God, certainly one of the beautiful flowers in the garden of heaven, standing very close to the throne of God. Little Nellie of Holy God, pray for us. This is Tom Shrewsbury with Reflections for the Covenant Network.